Anyone got any experiences they want to share? Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of that. I feel like I, I got quite a bit of that uh, as I grew up too. Allegorical interpretation. Assuming the text has meaning other than what the literal word uh, is saying. Yes, Carrie. Okay. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. Right? Yeah, the allegorical interpretation really brings in the reader response to where it's like, well, what does, what would this mean to you in your life, in your situation, right? Um, so, so it's easy to do that, and, you know, I've seen it throughout the whole world. I mean, un, un-Christian organizations use the Bible uh, for their purposes, um, businesses use it for their purposes, um, and it's, it's definitely through allegory, right? And even a lot of Christians will, will use that. Um, different churches will just say, well, this, you know, we saw examples of it, and this is, this is what this is um, saying to us, and this is the meaning for it, um, and not taking the, the literal interpretation there. Was anyone surprised to hear about... Um, um, I'm drawing a blank. Calvin and uh, and Martin Luther not completely rejecting it, allegory, but just kind of pushing it away, but not completely rejecting it. Did you catch that? If if you didn't, that kind of surprised me, um, knowing that is what they said. But they were going in the right direction, right? Um, the Protestant Reformation definitely uh, pushed the. Word of God and the Christian church in the right direction, getting away from that. So that was a surprise to me, and it was good to learn. Any questions on Catholic Church and what, what they might think or say? Using allegory in the Bible? Has that affected anyone's life in here? His examples were that, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, Mary is a representation of Eve, and um, that they they go hand in hand, just in opposite ways, um, like Adam and and Jesus. You know, that's compared in the Bible. But, uh, uses that as a comparison, but they're saying that that Mary is a representation of Eve obeying God versus Eve who disobeyed God. What about numerology? Has any of you experienced numerology? And I know you, missed, you both missed most of it, but that's where you're piecing together bits of the Bible and, and either counting numbers or using words throughout the Bible to bring together a hidden meaning. Um, but it's usually based off of numbers and, and sentences or paragraphs or books in the Bible. Have you ever seen any of that or, or experienced any of that? Um, I've, I've heard it on the radio. That's something that, you know, I've, I'm flipping through the few stations that we have, and it's usually some kind of commercial, you know. Have you, you know, have you heard of this revelation that's hidden in the Bible? And for $19.99 donation, you can get this book on da-da-da-da-da. You know, I, I kind of hear that stuff more often than I'd, I'd like to. Um, but there's, there's a ton of that out there. Yeah, that, that could be... Um, 
a type of that, you know, where someone's looking for it in particularly. This is more talking about um, reading through uh, a book or a chapter in the Bible and numbering either the letters or the words and then going back and putting these numbers in order and then you can come up with an order that says something different than what this is saying. So it's a hidden meaning. Yes, it does seem like witchcraft. But see, there's so many different ways that people come to the Bible and want to put their own ideas and understanding into it. And I really appreciate where he got to at the end with the difference between um, the, the reader response and um, the, the right way to look at the Bible with authorial intent. Um, what else did he go over? Right? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Right. Yeah, and the, the intense study and effort that goes into coming up with something like that, if, if God's here to save sinners through Jesus Christ and, and the word that's given to us through his apostles, I mean, how are we ever going to figure that out? Well, in their minds, these people that are coming up with that, it's not without them, right? They're the Savior. They're the one that figured it out for us and how to get there. And any Christian should know that that has to be absolutely uh, wrong, and, and we should turn away from that and call anyone out who says that. Um, here I, in the notes it reads, uh, I don't even know how to say the type of numerology. This is Gamashera. Jeremy will correct me. Hebrew and Greek letters are assigned a numeric value revealing hidden messages, meaning or presuming significance. So it's based off the Hebrew or the Greek being assigned a value and then given a meaning um, to presume a significance there. Um, but Todd Phil saying, hey, we, don't, we shouldn't need a computer to be able to interpret the Bible. No, I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Right. <laughs> It depends what they're relying on, right? Are they relying on these? Yeah, it's it's you know where where do they end up is. Is Jesus the fulfillment of the law? Or are they having to perform to work, work, yeah, work out literally their own salvation and earn it for themselves? Which I'd never want to be a part of, right? Because if we can earn it for ourselves, we can lose it for ourselves. And I would lose it in about three and a half seconds every day. So it wouldn't take very long to lose it if we could earn it. Which, what do you mean? I mean, if, if that's all you follow is the Torah, then you're not even acknowledging oh. your salvation and freedom. Sure, yeah. What I call clean is clean, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good point, too. Yeah, might maybe bring up something gently in Acts about, hey, what about Peter's experience? What about what God told him? Does that have any authority in your Bible study? Or is that something that you haven't read or, or you look past? That might be a conversation that you could, you could try to bring up in love and just ask and see where they sit on, on the subject and if they've studied it very much when it comes to that blood transfusions yeah
<laughs> no harm. Yeah. One of my, my biggest fears and doubts, um, just leading a Bible study and starting with, with Mark, and even before that, when I did one here, one there, we had men's groups where, where we'd take turns teaching, was getting hermeneutics right, because I just wasn't sure that I, I was taught well as a, a young person, and I understood it well, and I know the pastors and the teaching at this church were really make it a point to, to understand that part of the Bible study and, and our sermons and our teaching that um, we do that correctly and the rest of it comes out well and comes out, comes out rightly. So Todd Friel here is pointing out what is the right hermeneutic as he got towards the end. Um, and as I've been taught since day one coming to this church, it's the grammatical historical method and, and that's understanding the grammar and the historical setting of the text to understand the text as the original audience would have understood it. Um, so something I like that he pointed out that we have, we have taught here and it's been taught here and we need to remind ourselves, but what was the author's intent? And he called it authorial intent. Uh, what did the author intend for it to say and how would the original audience have understood it? So as we're studying the Bible and as we're in Bible studies whether by ourselves or with our friends or, or, or spouses or even people who are unsure of if they're saved or not, um, that's where we need to, to focus on getting the meaning out of and sticking to that, you know. And if, if you're in a group setting, like he showed us an example of um, in, the, in the video there of people just taking it in any which direction they want, um, it, it would be your job to steer it towards the author's original intent and making sure that that's what's portrayed um, in, in any kind of study that, that we're doing personally with our friends or, you know, in a church setting, too. If, if you felt like it wasn't that way in a, in a church setting, we'd want you to say something um, to the, the teachers, the pastors, who's ever leading, uh, whether it be in the class or privately if you want to do it outside. But that would be important to make sure that um, that's one being done that well that that way, and you understand it from from their standpoint. If you thought maybe it wasn't um, coming off as the original author's intent, um, he said, if you understand it differently than the original audience, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. It's not meant for us here in 2021 in America celebrating Fourth of July. This wasn't written for us here now. Um, with the author's original intent, right? Now we can get lots of application out of it. It doesn't mean that we can't find that, but um, if we start there and forget what the original author was saying, we can get this really, really wrong. We have to know lots of things, right? We have to know who the author is, what time, um, who he's writing to, where they lived, what they were dealing with. All of that's very, very important. Um, and
<laughs> right. Yeah. It's right. Right, because to find out that original intent 2,000 years later, it, it takes work. Where originally, where the original author wrote it to the original audience, it didn't take that work. They were there in the moment. So uh, the inductive method and the deductive method is what he went over in the first video, right? Um, and the inductive method is finding what the text means and then making your conclusion. That's what we should do deductive, what we shouldn't do is making a conclusion and then finding the evidence to support it. And how many of us are guilty of doing that? Not even pointing outside of this room, right? I know I've done it, and it's just easy enough to do, especially if you're in a little argument, maybe with your spouse or someone. Um, <laughs> it's real easy to do. So we need to be cautious of that and keep ourselves in check um, at all times. Uh, exegesis, reading out of the text what it says and means, and not eisegesis, reading into the text what we want it to say. And then read a response. I'm glad he took time at the end to go over that, and I know we've mentioned it a couple times, but who in here, by show of hands, has been asked, what does that mean to you? Yep, I think everyone I know has probably been, been asked that question um, by a friend, a family member. Even, even each other here. But outside of the church, it's even more important that um, we know how to think about that better and even respond, especially to non-believers, better when we're discussing biblical text and matters with other folks. And that's our job, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And we should do it eagerly and in love. But what does that mean to me? That's a reader response. And um, that's not going to work out very well to, to get God's message across the way it was intended. So he ends up just saying that's why we choose the grammatical, historical method of biblical hermeneutics. Any thoughts or questions to end us off on? Yes, Carrie. Your heart's jumping for excitement for them when you hear this, right? Yeah. And then they just think, And you start cringing. You're like, oh. takes me back first to Romans 3 9 where it says so are we are we the right ones are we this are we better than they absolutely not right we're all in sin 
Um, so it reminds me of that passage. But this class that we're doing right now, the, the number one question you could bring up is, what are your hermeneutics in approaching your study? And they're going to say, Herman who? Right? That's where I would start that discussion. Um, and your knowledge on hermeneutics might be like this big right now, right? But mine was too. And it's not much bigger. But it takes some time. It takes some effort. It takes some study on learning more about how we interpret the Bible and how we get the meaning out of it to be able to explain it to others. And if, and if you look at our pastors here and, and Jeremy, and it just comes natural. And yes, he's been in it for his life since 16, and he's learned 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 and he's, learned and he's lived it. Um, and, and we might not ever be there ourselves on understanding hermeneutics the way he can, but we can get to a level that we're comfortable with in our lives, with our line of work, with our jobs, and, and our families, and be able to express it in a way out of love that hopefully turns a light on, that they realize there's multiple ways that people look at the Bible and what's, what is the right way. Because there is a right way and there is a wrong way and there's many, 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 many wrong ways. Um, and when they say, well, you just think you're the only right one, that's where I'd turn the focus off of us and put it on Christ and say he's the only right one. And he had an intention for us to know. And don't you think it's worth it that we find out what that is correctly? Joe, questions? That's okay. But you get the concept that studying the Bible is kind of complicated. And it can be taken out of context if we don't take the time to slow down and do it rightly. It's okay. That's where we start. With hermeneutics. Yes. <laughs> yep. Assuming gets me in a lot of trouble. All right. Well, we can end there and go grab some coffee and enjoy time with each other. Um, as we wait for uh, Tyler to lead us uh, today and Mark and Jessica to lead us in, in song together. So um, let me end in prayer. Oh. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, where's Andy? <laughs> okay, let me close this. <clears throat> Dear Lord, thank you once again um, just for your love and kindness to give us so much of uh, who you are and what your intent was um, with creation, with your son, with Christ dying on the cross for us, and the the immense weight that his blood carried. Um, it wasn't just for a small group of people, Lord. It is for your um, entire church throughout all of history. And we are so thankful for that. And we are glad that we can rest in you and we can study your truth and your word. And I pray that our hearts can, can just reach up to you today. Um, we can honor you in worship and love each other through your love for us. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone.